0: What do you think it was that made you go from the six to seven figure mark in the last year?
1: Uh, well we, we planned it. We then kind of almost reverse engineered that so if we keep increasing it five thousand per month by the end of the year, that should put us on a million. I think we passed the million dollar threshold with about two weeks to go in December. We stand today.
0: This is method the business with method. a shout out. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds, entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high performance online entrepreneurs and high caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There is a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses, and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and J.P. Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The business method. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the show. Today, we welcome Dominic Wells' back to the show for a second time. Dominic, or Dom as his friends call him, is the founder of Human Proof Designs, a business that builds and sells ready-made niche websites, and they help their clients build the websites through affiliate marketing. Dom came on our show over a year ago when we were running a series of 100 podcast interviews with 100 entrepreneurs making $100,000 and more. Since then, Dom's business went from six figures to seven figures, and we wanted to chat with him about the process of moving to seven figures in the past year, how he has handled the growth with a remote team and what keeps him motivated towards the end of the show we chat more about lifestyle the importance of location independence and routine in our lives it's an incredible episode guys and without further ado let's welcome dom wells to the show entrepreneur systems methods tools and tactics for location independence Listeners, we have Dominic Wells, the founder of Human Proof Designs, back on the show. Dom, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, thanks, and it's good to be back on. And and you were telling me that you're in Taipei, and that you've been uh, running through the rain like a madman, right?
1: Uh, I've been praying for the rain. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's usually it's usually rainy season this time of year, but it hasn't come yet for whatever reason. So I'm just sweating it out.
0: Yeah. How hot is it?
1: It's about thirty-four degrees Celsius today. Oh, wow!
0: Yeah,
1: it's got that that feels like thing on my phone says forty-four. So is it humid? It's not too humid. It's I mean it says it's sixty percent, um, but it it's just the air's super hot, so it just feels like it's way more humid.
0: When you travel, do you ever have any cha- challenges or difficulties adjusting to the the new climate?
1: Um sometimes yeah not as much as you would think I guess because I've never I've always expected the weather so like when I flew from Paris last autumn to Bangkok I knew it was going to be really hot um so I didn't really struggle um I think the more you travel the easier it is
0: it's I find both like the more travel like the easier it is but the more of a pain in the ass it becomes to <laughs> for me anyway okay. because we left rio and we came to italy which is a much cooler climate and i didn't have troubles going from the cool climate to the hot climate or hot climate to cool climate but I, I think i have trouble sometimes going from cold climate to hot climate i don't know maybe it's just something that i'm i i get you know this is going to be sound snobbish but i i'm to the point where the traveling part is I don't like it anymore. Like I like going to a new place and living in a new place and enjoying the customs. And But the the actual like flying and getting ready to fly and preparing to fly and buying the ticket and all the stuff in between, like it's just for me, it's just draining and exhausting. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just, just, I think it's just come with too many years of actually doing it and being stressed out on the plane and getting sick and this sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any similar experiences?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I do actually, um, and I think there's very few people I can talk to about it because, you know, <laughs> when you complain to friends who don't travel so much, it's very much a first world problem. Yeah. But um, yeah, often when we when we travel around, I kind of, especially if I'm t- doing a lot of traveling, like maybe I'm doing a month traveling around a country, and every couple of days we're changing, uh, like Airbnb or different hotel. And maybe we get to the new location and my wife says, OK, what are we going to do now? And I'm thinking, like, I got here. I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. <laughs> just getting here is enough. So I don't know. It, yeah, it's easy to burn out.
0: Yeah. And, and when you arrive, you know, and somebody says, like my girlfriend, what are we going to do now? And say, well, I'm going to catch up on all the emails and work that I missed out on the past you know, <laughs> three days of traveling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, good, man. Uh, uh, We're glad to have you back on the show. And the reason why we had Dom back is um, we had him on, I think it was February of last, 2017 of last year. And we had him on the series of 100 entrepreneurs that have uh, six-figure businesses and higher. And throughout the past year, Dom has transitioned from the six-figure mark to the seven-figure mark, so a million dollars a year and higher. And his business is Human Proof Designs, and it's a service-based business that helps clients build online businesses through affiliate marketing and creating ready-made niche sites that are actually worth buying. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like this, this time last year, we talked, Dom. You've built over 600 affiliate websites, written 8,400 articles, and researched over 27,000 keywords. Has that number increased in the past year?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what the number is now, though, because <laughs> I, I try not to get too in the weeds of the operations. But um, we're, we're building sites every month because we're building them for customers, and we're writing articles every month and researching keywords every month. So that number is going to keep going up indefinitely. Um, so just I, I imagine it's probably closer to like a 1,000 sites now, and whatever the other numbers are has grown as well.
0: Roughly how many sites are you building a month?
1: um it varies i'd say it's probably still the same amount like between 30 to 50 depending on the time of year there's definitely patterns people we we tend to do more in the summer um and we do more in like sort of february march and then it slows down again i'm not really sure why
0: um and and how big's your team now
1: um, so in terms of full timers, like people who are paid a salary and their sole job is working for us, there's probably about fifteen like core people. Um, and then in terms of active freelancers, and um, we have over two hundred open contracts on Upwork, so wow. quite a few.
0: Do you? And they're all remote, correct? All your employees? Yeah. Do you ever miss or long for the idea of a traditional brick and mortar office?
1: Um, I am curious what it would be like. I I can't. I, I never worked in a brick and mortar office, so I can't say I miss it. Um, sometimes when I see companies doing amazing and they work in an office, I think, yeah, you know, I wish I could have an office. Like for example, digital marketer. I'm a big fan of them and they they're all in the same place and meeting and and then at the same time i know other people who have brick and mortar businesses who say oh, i wish i could have a remote team <laughs> so i think it's potentially a grass is greener situation
0: do you guys ever do any retreats together or conferences yeah
1: um yeah so not as often as we'd like because uh, it's actually quite tiring because when we get together you know maybe we meet for a week and we just have a really solid schedule and we think yeah let's do this every quarter and then suddenly you're thinking actually let's do this every six months (laughs) Um, so right now we we meet up once a year um what what i'm thinking of doing is having smaller meetings as well so like the maybe the marketing team meets up once a year uh, the operations team meets up once a year and then there's also one meeting later in the year where everyone goes to uh but yeah that's the situation right now.
0: It's it's a lot of uh, planning, creating a collaboration like that, right? A meeting for all your employees once a once a year in the world.
1: Yeah, just just picking the destination is is tough because you you know my team aren't all based in one continent. I've got people in Canada, people in America, people in uh, Europe, and a couple of us in Asia. So. W- it's kind of like we have to book somewhere where we think at the end of the day, some of, someone's going to have to fly long haul, but we don't want s- someone to have to f- change four times. Right. So, y- yeah, you have to get creative with that, and then you have to make sure that is it a place that's worth visiting and is accommodation going to be okay. So,
0: yeah. What are some of the destinations you, you went to? So the
1: first one we did was in Vancouver because – I was living there at the time. Uh, that was actually where I was when you interviewed me last time. Um, and one of my team members was in Toronto, one was in Calgary, um, and one was in Finland. So we just thought, okay, let's just do Vancouver because it's pretty, it's easy, and one of us doesn't have to fly. And then for this one, the team's grown, so there's more people involved. Um, so we ended up looking at a number of places, and we settled on Berlin because it's, it's got a combination of no one has to fly super far. Like I think everyone has to transfer, but no one has to do more than one or two transfers. And the flights work out to be priced enough that it's kind of within the budget, Um, and then Berlin's you know it's Europe it's a great city so it's got that wow factor as well because at the end of the day we're getting together to work but I want my team to be able to say wow this is really cool we get to go to Berlin so you know I want them to enjoy it as well
0: you're just meeting up with the core team not the 80 freelancers
1: (laughs) I mean yeah we'd have to get a bigger city I think (laughs) yeah just just like there's gonna be six of us so the main like The kind of the the rock stars.
0: Now, so from the past year, you last time we talked, you were in the six-figure mark. And uh, what was your basically your revenue this time last year?
1: This time last year, we had probably so if I'm going on say January 2017 to May 2017, we were probably around four hundred fifty thousand um us dollars
0: what um what created the the what do you think it was that made you go from the six to seven figure mark in the last year
1: uh well we we planned it uh so it's good yeah so i had a meeting in i think february last year was it only last year wow yeah um And we basically set $1 million in revenue for 2017 as a goal. Mm -hmm. So we then kind of almost reverse engineered that. We were like, okay, you know, January we did this much revenue. February we did this much. So if we keep increasing it sort of like 5000 per month by the end of the month, by the end of the year, that should put us on a million. And it didn't quite work out that way. Like maybe – Like let's say if our revenue goal for March was eighty-five thousand, maybe March we did a hundred and we thought, oh, brilliant. And then April the goal was eighty-seven thousand and we only did eighty-two, so it it was like every every month we thought, well, we're probably going to hit it, but it's not easy to tell because it doesn't go up in a straight line. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I think I think we passed the million dollar threshold with about two weeks to go in December. So it was it was quite a nice way to end the year
0: congratulations do you so for 2018 what's your revenue goal then
1: um i we settled on 1.3 because we thought 30 percent is a you know it's not it's it's enough of a stretch that we have to work but Uh it's not an impossible goal like okay let's do 2 million um but also this year we're focused less on a revenue goal, and more on um, a type of income goal, and a profit goal, of course, because you know revenue for the sake of revenue doesn't really do do anything.
0: What's your profit goal?
1: Uh, that one's <laughs> that one's slightly. I'll, I'll keep that one inside, but it's okay. basically a, it's about a fifty percent increase from last
0: year. So. Gotcha. And do you have you always set financial goals within the business?
1: Um. Yeah. I have um, but when I first started the business, and it was a one man operation, and I was just it was basically just me doing all the work, and I hired freelancers to help. It was more about kind of my personal income um and I wasn't so fussed about whether it all came from human proof designs or whether I was doing some side hustles and stuff um and then, as the business grew, I realized it was better to have a kind of year-end goal and share it with the team. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's just that as businesses grow, it's something that you change slightly.
0: What are some things that you do to keep the team motivated towards hitting those goals?
1: Um, well, we let them know, we give them updates on, you know, how the progress is and stuff. Um I didn't do any financial incentive last year. I, I'd like to do that in the future. So for example, if we hit this profit goal or this revenue goal, um, we can give a one-time bonus for everybody, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as easy to come up with these things as I thought it would be. Like, the, <laughs> There's quite a lot of thinking to do because you, you, you want to make sure that the goal is something that they can achieve and you want to make sure that the bonus that you give them is kind of worthy of that goal and vice versa. Um, and there's all sorts of different bonuses that you can give as well. So what
0: has, what have you learned as an entrepreneur going from say, in the past year going from the six to the seven figure level?
1: Um, I'd say to a certain point you can get, you can keep growing by just doing more of the same. Um, you know, what's working for you. You can just double down on that. Um, But then I think once you get to a certain level, which is probably about where we are now, like in that kind of low seven-figure range, I think you probably have to do significantly different things in order to get to, say, 5 million or 10 million. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what those things are.
0: (laughs) Have you ever hired any mentors or have anybody... Uh, that you can call upon and say, Hey, we're having this problem. We're at this financial level. What are some of the things that we can do to get to the next level?
1: Not a mentor. It's something that I very, I I consider quite a lot in the past. It's something that I probably will end up doing sometime in the future. Um, Right now I have mastermind groups, um, you know, like a, a group of people I have a call with every Tuesday and we just, take turns solving each other's problems um those things are good i don't think they're quite as i don't think they have the potential that having a mentor has but i also think it's a lot harder to find the right mentor i think yeah you've got to find the person that you gel with you've got to find the person who knows your kind of niche specifically so
0: why do you enjoy having location independent businesses
1: um, well, it's part of the reason I got into business in the first place was because I wanted to be location independent and, well, I obviously wanted to be a lot more financially comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do well with routine, <laughs> so I like <laughs> to... I think, you know, being location independent is the ultimate way to not have a lot of routine. Um, yeah, I just... I, I think the idea of being location independent sometimes is is more appealing than actually the act of being location independent because a lot of the time i do just sit around in my house not doing much but <laughs> you know then i'll right. go then i'll go tra- go traveling for 2 months and i'll be in a different city every week yeah um and in fact from today until maybe the end of july i probably will be in a different city every week so there are these periods where I don't want to travel and then there are periods where my wife persuades me to travel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, have you seen those memes on Facebook that are like, this is what we think an entrepreneur does. And this is what an actual, what an entrepreneur actually does. And this is what our mom thinks we do. And this is how we think we do, you know, have you seen those?
1: I've seen those memes. I don't think I've seen one specifically for entrepreneurs, but I've seen. I remember that it was a couple of years ago. They they were going around for like every different every different thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's pretty appropriate.
0: Yeah, I saw one for specifically for online internet entrepreneurs, and it was just like that. Is like what we really do is sit on our couch in our underwear with our laptops open, and and what people think we do is like you know have this briefcase and we're on this airplane you know and we're traveling the world meeting all these high high profile and what our mom thinks we do is cook food or something like that it was pretty accurate though it was really funny but it's very true like i find myself my my routine now is like we live we live in a rural area of italy we um sleep um eight or nine hours a day And we get up and I do a little exercise and then basically I stay in my, my home and work until nighttime, unless we need to go to town. And then we get on the scooter and we go to town and that sort of thing. And, and I think like we have this landlord that stops by and just checks in on us every once in a while. And from his perspective, our life has to be incredibly boring, you know, because we don't leave the house much unless it's the weekend. But like when we're in that space, when, when we're, we have our laptops open, we're like building, like I feel anyway, like I'm building my dreams and changing the world and making all these amazing things happen. So that, even in my head, that's the fuel that keeps me going, even though realistically from the outside looking in, somebody that sees what we do, it's like we're locked up in a room with our laptop open. The majority of the time the working hours even in the evening time too you know so it could look really boring but in our minds it's definitely not
1: yeah i mean it definitely has its its periods where i mean there are times where you know you just described you have to go into town so you get on a scooter and go into town and if that were me i'd probably be like oh do i have to like yeah you know, i've got we're like stuff that. i could do here yeah. <laughs> uh and like i live right next to a supermarket like probably a 10 minute walk to a supermarket and even even today i was like all right well maybe we can eat lunch next to the supermarket so we can combine two things (laughs) you know like just because it just seems like such a drag sometimes and i think it's because not so much now but when i was first starting my business i almost felt anxiety if i wasn't at home working on it because i like i'd be like i need to work and like you say build your dreams Mm -hmm. uh so it's I think sometimes I worry that that will never that will never end, and I'll never like. It's like you're building your dream, but um, at some point you need to stop and actually enjoy the dream as well. So
0: right, yeah, and that's a really good point because, um, well, a couple things. We, for me anyway, it's like if we go to town or go to that supermarket, let's do something else at the same time so we can be more productive. But if you think about like our are the amount of energy we have throughout a day, the amount of before we start getting tired, we want to be as productive and as useful as possible to apply those things to our business, right? Because those that's one of the most important things for us. So if we're going t- to town or going to the supermarket, that's going to take a bit of our energy and our time that we have to put towards stuff that uh, really excite us. And going to the store to get asparagus necessarily isn't the most important thing, you know, in, a, in our day that we perceive, even though like, we really need to take that time. Like I, I find it challenging, even sometimes when people come to visit, it's like, ah, shit, now I got to plan around their visit, all of my meetings and what's going to happen throughout that time. But at the same time, like, like it's, those are, it's important to do because I think we can get really sucked down into the rabbit hole of work, work, work just for work's sake. Instead of like, you know, once you get to the point where you have a seven figure location independent business or you have a really good income, it doesn't matter if you're a and make, you know, six figures a year and you have low expenses, you have a really good income. You got to take some time to, to enjoy that because once you get to the higher levels from my experience, anyway, You'll start to just have the habits that you had while in the hustle and building that business, and then when you you have this huge fear of taking time away from that business, because you feel like your natural habits and your programs in your mind inside your your body are to work, work, work. We got to apply this. We got to do this. We got to get to the next level. So it's like a balancing act, really. It's like a, a board on a ball on a soccer, a football. You know, and we got to balance it the whole time.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I hadn't really thought about sort of the 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 habits you create when you're hustling and trying to build your business, and how they will shape how you are when you nece- when you, you're in a situation where you probably don't need to hustle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, right now, maybe I could take a a whole two week period off work, and the sky wouldn't fall, and my business would be fine. And who yeah. knows, maybe it would even grow because my team are solid. But um, that would just feel so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I've got sweaty palms just thinking about
0: it. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's a trick. You know, it, um, I've taken a month off, actually five weeks off twice. And I um, went on a hike and basically like a five week hike uh, across the north of Spain. And, and it was, it took a lot of time to get to that point. It took like three months, four months of planning just so I could take that month off. But when I did, like, you know, nothing burned down. You know, I still had work afterwards. I still had things, money coming in. And, but it's a huge fear because I think like we do it, we, we hustle for so many years and it really becomes a part of ourselves. And, you know, I think like if we don't take that, that time and learn the balance of taking time away from our work not that it's not important it is but i think it will will continue into our you know our the next decade of our lives the next decade of our lives and then you know you hear the story of the businessman that gets burnt out on life right or has a meltdown because they can't stop working you know so it's an interesting thing it's like it's all it's well i mean this sounds probably sounds arrogant it's not all sunshines and rainbow rainbows to be an online entrepreneur sometimes <laughs>
1: yeah totally like you know don't get me wrong I I very much enjoy the life I've created for myself but if someone says to me like oh you're so lucky to be able to travel all the time that kind of it's like yeah there's a lot more to it than than just being a bit lucky
0: yeah yeah but it's like you know nobody's nobody's cares about the problems of a millionaire because Nobody has, you know, everybody's apathetic about their their problems because they have a million dollars, right? And so it's kind of a similar thing. It's beyond first world problems. It's location independent <laughs> entrepreneur problems. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, you're in Italy and you're Taipei right now doing whatever you do. I have to go to my job. Get over it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a fair point, and it is. I think it's important for us actually to. Sometimes I do say to myself. Um, especially actually having just moved back to Taipei. So, you know, when you interviewed me last time, I had left Taiwan for about a year and then I spent six months back in England and now I'm back here. And the other day I um, I was taking a taxi down a road that I used to go down every day when I was commuting to work on the bus And um, I thought to myself, you know, no matter how stressful my day is today or last week sucked or whatever, at least I'm not commuting on that bus anymore to work. (laughs) So it's important to kind of remember that perspective as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. You kind of had, you were telling me before the show you had an experience uh, similar to that while kayaking in Canada, right?
1: Yeah, that's probably a bit more baller of a story. (laughs) But um, yeah, so... Uh, it would have been about a couple of months before we last talked, actually. Um, my wife and I were living in Montreal, and we took a trip to Banff uh, in the Canadian Rockies. And we took a road trip up to Lake Louise, about an hour north of Banff. Um, and we went, We walked around the lake, and it was very pretty, and it was like glass, um, and the, although it's kind of got a nice turquoise colour. And people were kayaking. And my wife said, let's let's go. Um, and I was like, yeah, we could go. I don't know. And it was weird because I love kayaking. <laughs> I like nature. She wanted to go. We didn't have anything else to do. So I don't know why I was just, I, I guess because in the back of my mind, we had a product launch coming up that afternoon. Maybe I was worried about that and I wanted to just my brain wanted to be on business rather than enjoying the nature. And, you know, and then we went round to the other side of the lake where they rented the kayaks. And it was like, I don't know, it was something like 75 Canadian dollars for an hour, which wasn't, um, particularly expensive, but it also wasn't that cheap. And I I guess I was like, Oh, I didn't think it would be that much. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really the price that was a problem. I don't know. I was just being grumpy. Um, (laughs) And so anyway, you know, in the end I was like, yeah, I'm being silly, let's just go. And um, so about the time that we went, it was about 2 p.m., that was the same time as at Human Proof Designs, we were releasing a new batch of done-for-you websites. Um, And I didn't need to be involved, my team had it under control and everything. So, yeah, I just jumped on the kayak went kayaking it was amazing cuz you're on a lake in the Canadian Rockies it's really really pretty um well it's beautiful and yeah so as soon as i got off the kayak after the hour I was finished i just thought yeah that was really good i'm glad i did that i wonder why i kind of wasn't so psyched for it in the first place and i checked my phone and there was a message from my manager saying like you know we pretty much sold out the launch while you were kayaking and <laughs> i think it was fifteen sixteen thousand dollars in revenue um in an hour you know and i was like yeah okay maybe life's all right (laughs) maybe (laughs) online business is worth the the hassle and the mental uh the kind of mental what's the word like the mental hoops that we put ourselves through
0: yeah and i think like like it's just times like that we really have to to step away and, and and try that what's the have you read the book essentialism I haven't, no. Okay. Um, It's a great book. I love, there's a quote in there. Um, You know, as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to um, grow, right? And challenge ourselves at the next level. And so there's a quote in there that says, um, if you think building business is hard, try stepping away from the business for the afternoon and taking a nap. Which is much harder for us a lot of times than it is to sit there and work and work and work, right? Because could you imagine just taking every afternoon off and take a nap? And uh, it's the same thing, like kayaking in Canada or a family member visiting you abroad or, or whatever it is, you know, it's hard for us to do that. (laughs) because we end up being workaholics we end up being addicted to our businesses and addicted to that productivity it's hard for us to take the afternoon off and and go kayaking right yeah yeah absolutely and and so that like the book like really kind of puts that into perspective what are the things that i'm doing that's very essential for the business that maybe not that uh, i don't necessarily need to be doing so recommend to read Um, I I have a question that came up like for, for affiliates, how do you guys, you're creating 30 to 40 businesses per month, more or less, or websites per month, correct? Yeah. And, and how do you decide what type of websites to build?
1: Yeah. So because we're kind of a productized service, a lot of the websites we build are, they, they follow the same model, um, but they might be just tackling a different niche. So, for example, uh, a lot of people who come to us as beginners, um, they don't, you know, maybe they, they they get affiliate marketing, they understand the pros and the cons, they want to get involved, but they don't know how to pick a good niche or they just want to rely on experts to do it for them. So, we basically pick our niches just based on a certain criteria and it's it's kind of like the sweet spot between the niche being popular enough that it's worthwhile doing, that you're gonna make some money, but it's um, not so competitive that you won't be able to rank a website. Uh, because a, a large an important factor in the model is getting free traffic from Google search, and to do that you need to rank page one for your keywords, or at least the majority of your keywords. Um, so. Without spending two hours explaining SEO, um, we just, you know, we research, we get our niche ideas and then we look at them and we think, well, is this one too competitive? Like, mm, maybe this one's too competitive. What about that one? That one looks good, but it doesn't really look popular enough or you're not going to make much money. So we look for ones that have the best of both. And then um, if there's a clear path to monetization. So, you know, like, oh, there are products you can promote with Amazon's affiliate program, or there's an ebook which sells really well on Clickbank, then that's another that's like the kind of second step. And then we we go from there.
0: What would you say, what's your most impressive or crazy story you have about building a website and then selling it?
1: Uh one of mine, I guess, a personal one, is one of my very first websites I've built. Uh I think it was like the fifth website I built. So I, I had only been doing this for about six months. And this was before we started offering this as a service for other people. So I was still figuring it all out for myself. Um, one of my other websites was starting to gain traction. So this particular website, it wasn't making much money. It was making like, I don't know, 20 bucks a month. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to sell it on Flipper because I just want the website gone from my mental bandwidth. I don't want to think about it. And, you know, if I could get 200 to 250 bucks for it, that would be... Yeah, that would be okay. Um, so I put it on Flipper, and someone bid for it, and they they kind of won the bid, and then they for whatever reason they never sent me the money, so I, I never handed over the site. And like a week later, I was like, "Hey, when are you going to transfer the money? I'm ready to transfer the site." And I saw that their account had been banned. So yeah. I don't know whether maybe they were like a fake bidder or they were trying to scam me. I, I never know, I never found out what happened. But um, that kind of put me off selling the site for a little bit and I got busy with some other stuff. And six months later, I returned to the site because I'd learned a lot more and I thought, you know what, there's, there's, there's potential here. And by the end of that year, so for the next sort of eight months, I had grown the site to be making $2,000 a month and I ended up selling it for about 30 grand um, uh, a couple of months later. And I remember thinking like, wow, I almost sold that site for two hundred and fifty dollars. And then I guess a year later it had made me like another thirty or forty grand. So um that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the lesson there is is like, you know, you never you never know when one of your websites is gonna suddenly turn a corner yeah. and start making you some big money. Because you know, if, if you are relying on this free traffic from Google then when your website's on page two of Google, you're gonna get zero traffic because no one ever searches for something and then goes to page two. Right. Uh, but then if you suddenly get to page one, suddenly you get a ton of traffic, you make a bunch of money. So
0: I, I really like the idea, especially as a, a retirement plan, but also the idea of you know somebody that wants to build up passive income of buying buying successful websites and then having somebody manage them to keep them going. But if, if somebody wants to buy a site from you, what are, what are some of the key skills that they should have to make sure that they could keep that website going and growing?
1: Um, a lot of the websites we sell are actually starter sites. So they're not yet making money. So it's not a case of having skills to keep them Uh, To keep them where they are, it's more having the skills to grow them beyond the kind of kickstart that we've given them. Um, But those skills are actually, as it happens, those skills are very similar to if someone bought a site like from Empire Flippers that was already making a ton of money. Um, The main skills people need to know is... Uh, they need to understand how SEO works, at least the fundamentals, like how how Google determines what website is going to rank at the top of at the top of Google. Um, they need to understand a little bit about um, writing a good article, or if you're going to outsource it, what makes a good article, so you can kind of you know verify that your articles on your website are good. Um, and then I think a core thing that people need to learn is to understand the kind of uh the customer journey like how an affiliate site actually makes money so you know somebody searches for something in google they find your website which gives them that information they were looking for and how that information results in somebody making a commission from somewhere like amazon Um, i think a lot of people don't quite understand all of the bigger picture with that and they just focus on, how can I get more traffic? How can I get this to rank for more keywords without thinking, well, are those keywords actually the keywords you wanna rank for? Is, is all this effort gonna result in more money for your website? Um, but essentially, it just comes down to that. Like You just gotta learn how to get traffic to your website and how that traffic makes your website money.
0: Do you have any any final tips, Dom, for the entrepreneurs that are out there in the hustle, trying to build, either go from five figures to six figures or six figures to seven figures or even, even higher than that? Any tips, two or three tips for them um, that are working away and wanna to get to where you're at? I think the first
1: tip would be, if you haven't hired anyone yet, you probably should, unless you really don't have any money. But if you're like in the five-figure range, you have enough money to hire someone if you're in the six-figure range I don't know how you got there without hiring someone um, so you know most people don't hire too early they hire too late so um, yeah that's definitely one tip another tip would be like I feel like there's a sweet spot between Just keeping going because sooner or later something's gonna uh, something's gonna click and it's gonna work. Um, But at the same time, you don't want to be just hitting your head against the wall. You know, like there's that Einstein quote about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the that's his definition of insanity. So I think when I was a beginner, I kept trying too many different things. Like I got ten different ideas every day. Uh, And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to do that instead. And I think that's the worst way to succeed, because you only succeed when you actually do something enough to get traction and um, to get results from your efforts. But at the same time, I feel one of the ways I found success was because I wasn't afraid to evolve what I was doing. And I, I was always thinking, can I change this slightly? Can I improve this? So... That's what I mean by a sweet spot. You got to, you know, you don't want to keep jumping around between things, but you don't also want to just keep sticking to the same thing that might not be working.
0: Makes sense, Dom. I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. And if the listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you have going on and buy a website from you, where's the best place they can do that at?
1: Uh, just go to humanproofdesigns.com is the best place to find us
0: all right thank you once again dom we really appreciate your time we're going to wrap up there thank you listeners for joining us and we'll see you all on the next episode goodbye everybody Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching, the business method dot com forward slash coaching